This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. Today's episode, I am interviewing Sandy Lynn. She is an entrepreneur, content creator, and a business owner. And in this episode, we talk about moving to the U.S. and starting multiple businesses, finding the right co-founder, and also using TikTok to your advantage. Sandy also tells us some of her favorite resources for starting a business, and we talk all about her entrepreneurial journey and what life is like for her today. So you definitely do not want to miss this one if you are interested in entrepreneurship, if that's something that you are curious about, this episode is for you because Sandy knows so much about entrepreneurship, even from a younger age. Sandy knows so much about entrepreneurship and she's actually starting a business to help you start a business called Small Business Tips. So it's really helpful. You might have seen her on TikTok. You might see her on Instagram. She is using social media to her advantage, which is really, really cool to see. So I'm super excited to have her on. We actually connected at an event for Northeast. University where she went to school and I actually did a zoom call with them earlier on in the pandemic Um, I did like a conference for different career paths and they invited me on and she was one of the speakers so we got connected that way and I've been following her ever since and her journey is just super cool and I mean I don't know I'm always so inspired by all of her stuff like if you are interested in entrepreneurship you have to follow her she is a must follow she makes it so digestible easy to understand and is actually helpful like it's actually such she she's such a great resource so very excited to have her on and this podcast is very delayed usually I upload on Mondays but this week has just been all over the place and I gotta get I gotta get more ahead of it I I need to hold myself more accountable with this because it's Thursday (laughs) and the podcast is just going up today um and not even that early in the morning so I really am sorry next week also the podcast will be going up a little later because I do have a special announcement and it has to go up on a certain day so keep that in mind. Um, but today's episode is being recorded, uh, or today's intro, I should say, is being recorded in Miami. So I'm still trying to figure out my life here, still trying to get settled. So that is why there is a delay, trying to figure out the best place to record. You know, the air conditioner just went off and I'm like, can you guys hear that? So, (laughs) you know, just, just trying to figure out my life here, but I'm super excited to be here. I'm very, very grateful. Um, I think it's just, it's going to be a really, cool chapter in my life exploring Miami as an adult if you guys don't already or if you guys haven't already I should say please be sure to leave a five-star review if you guys have enjoyed this podcast at all so this one comes from podcast pause and says this one comes from Sean and Bridget's account which is a really really funny name I feel like it's like so cute it's like probably a couple you know and you guys are like this is both of our accounts I could be totally wrong it could be like siblings I don't know anyways they said perfect amazing always what I need to hear short simple to the point but thank you I really 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 appreciate it we are almost at 900 reviews and I really do want to get to 1000 
So if you guys could definitely leave a five-star review, share this on your story if you're listening so I can repost you. I always love seeing your stories. I'm excited to get into this episode. I hope that you guys enjoy this episode with Sandy and let's get into it. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Eras tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 400 50 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz-free up your schedule with Way. Go to theouai.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's theouai.com, promo code RealReal. Sandy, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is super exciting. I knew I wanted to have you on my podcast when I started following small business tips on TikTok and Instagram when we did the Northeastern, it's Northeastern, like the 
club conference thingy that we did. So that's how we met. And we both spoke on a panel and I was just like, okay, you have so much going on. You're like killing it on social media. I have to have you on my podcast. So I'm excited to get into this. I'm super excited. I, I'm flattered. You have so many amazing guests and just be one of the speaker as well. So that is just amazing. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. So first we're going to dive into setting the record straight. It's where I say some stereotypes and some assumptions, and then you'll let me know if you think that they're true or false and feel free to expand. It's like a conversation that we like having. Um, But the first one is everyone can be an entrepreneur. True. Absolutely true. As long as you set your mind to it, and you're not afraid of getting there. You're mm-hmm. fine. And be an entrepreneur. Anyone can do it as long as you want it enough. Yeah, I think it's a mindset thing. And I think a lot of times people are like, well, what major is the best for entrepreneurship? Or what, you know, like yeah. job do I need to get to like go in the path of entrepreneurship? And I'm like, there is literally no roadmap. Like, You can be a high school dropout and be a successful entrepreneur. There are people that have done that, you know? So it's like, it's not about education or about, you know, how many years you've been working at a certain job or not. It's all about your mindset and like your motivation and your work ethic, because it is a lot of work. So you have to have a strong work ethic, I would say. Exactly. That's one of the most questions that I get is that, you know, what, what, what major should I be majoring in? You don't know, like right. you were in engineering and now you're an entrepreneur doing nothing that you actually study about. So you really just make sense with what you love and if you want it enough and with the resources that's on the internet right now, you can really access basically anything. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Now you literally can learn everything online. I'm like, I feel like college is not that important anymore. And I, I feel very like, I don't want to like offend anyone when I say that, because I went to school, I know you went to school, you know, and there's a lot of people that still value higher education, but I just don't think that that's where the, we should place all of our value in anymore because there's so much that you can learn online. Absolutely agree. I would say that that was a hot topic in TikTok, like whether or not um, college is worth it, if like it is something that you actually need to approach to be in. Um, I have my my thought on that. Yes, if you want to become a doctor, yeah, do go yeah. to school. But if you are not doing something that requires a very technical skills, a lot of things that can be learned on the field. Mm-hmm, completely. And every business needs social media. Oh yeah, I know. I completely agree also. I think no matter what you're doing, you need social media. Exactly. Digital currency is on the rise. And as of right now, we can see that we're in the pandemic. As sad it is, digital currency is gonna be increasingly increasingly more important throughout the years, especially with the rise of creator economy as well. Um, Social media is the top priority a lot of business should be having. Totally. And I mean, I feel like every business needs to be on social before it was kind of like, okay, if you were a fashion company or if you were, you know, uh, like some company that is more like visual, but now I'm like, no, no, no. Every business needs to be on it. Like, I feel like even, I mean, like real estate agents are posting their listings on social media. There's people that are, might have like I don't know, agencies that they need to post on social media. I think even like construction, like you need to be on social media. Like every business, I feel like people now use social media as a search engine. So that's why I don't think of it as like 
oh, like a Facebook page or something, think of it as like a search engine. Like would you want to be on Google? Yes. So like you would want to be on like Instagram and Facebook and all of these social platforms. Exactly. It's like kind of like a validations, right? So when you look into something, when you look into a store, you immediately see if they have Instagram or if they are on Google or Facebook to validate that they are actually legit. Mm -hmm. Um, So traditionally, a lot of tech companies, especially, doesn't even use Instagram, doesn't even use TikTok or Facebook. A lot of them are using Twitter or traditional route of, um, you know, acquisition just Facebook ads. But now I'm seeing so many transition into Instagram and just TikTok because we realize that the, the ad spend compared to social acquisition is so much cheaper. Totally. I wanted to take a second and thank today's sponsor, Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. As a content creator, one of my streams of income is through my podcast by doing sponsorships exactly like these. Podcorn makes it so easy to find these sponsors. I found it really difficult to cold email brands to sponsor my podcast. So many brands weren't either sponsoring podcasts or they didn't have the budget or they just left me on scene and they just didn't respond. But Podcorn connects you with brands that are actually looking for podcasts like yours to sponsor. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. Which, by the way, guys, in sponsorship talk, that's amazing and almost unheard of. You never give up any rights to your podcast and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure that you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. The Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize, and I can tell you from experience that they do exactly that. Click the link in my show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. Now let's get back to the episode. And the next one is you need co-founders for a startup. No, I have disagree you, with that. <laughs> have you done a business on your own? I'm curious. Have you like done one completely on your own with no co-founders? So I've done two business on my own and then one business with co-founder. And then I ended up take, like pulling that out uh, myself because I love her. I love that business. But ultimately at that time, it wasn't the best compatibleness so right. I decided to make that decision for myself but also for the company for the better so I pulled myself out of that yeah no that's I think that's always a one that I never know the answer to for the needing I guess no you don't necessarily need it but whenever I read about investors or com- like accelerators it's like co-founders help a lot you know it's like a lot of people might not invest in you if you don't have a co-founder so I think it's one of those things that you do not need it. You are totally capable of doing it on your own, but it's one of those things that you really have to make sure that you can do it on your own. Yeah. I would say if you are looking for a co-founder, making sure that the co-founder has a very different skill set than yourself. And also every co-founder have very, very diversified a portfolio so that no one step into each other's shoes too much, um, which is that was what happened to my own experience is that we step into each other's shoes way too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And when you were younger, what was something that you wanted to be? Because right now you are an entrepreneur and you're someone who creates businesses and, you know, you're so successful in what you are doing. But when you were like, I don't know, like 10 years old, is that something you wanted to do? Like make your, create your own business or like what was kind of your dream job when you were younger? It was always my dream job. Well, mm-hmm. when I was three, I wanted to be a pilot. I wanted yeah. to be 
flying airplane because I want to fly um, everywhere. But then I soon realized that I cannot deal with airport. I just, it gets, it stressed me out. And then, but then I shifted my mindset and I just wanted to know, I always know that I cannot work for someone else. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that came from, but probably my parents as they, they also entrepreneur, but they're not, they have always worked for other, other people and then transition into an entrepreneur and seeing that maybe growing up contributed a lot of my mindset and knowing that, Hey, like you can do literally anything you want. As long as you put your mind to it. My parents didn't graduate from high school. They, they are high school dropped out, started their own business as a recycling company. Mm-hmm. like trash on the on the ground and then sell it and then slowly build that up and seeing that I also know that I'm gonna be my own boss in the future yeah no that's really cool that and I do think a lot of it does come from what you see growing up and like if that's what you want to do so I think that's really cool that you always from a young age was like nope I want to be my own boss I don't want to work for anyone else did they in your family was that encouraged too like did your parents encourage that as well they wanted me to, well, my mom wanted me for a very different route. She wanted me to find a good job, a good husband. I'm like, yeah, mom, you know, that's not me. My dad, <laughs> on the other hand, he's just, he doesn't care what I do. As mm-hmm. long as I'm doing it and I'm happy, that's all he cares about. Yeah, that's really great to have that support system. I think it's so important because the entrepreneurship journey can be really difficult and it can be really isolating or really, you know, you have imposter syndrome. So it's really good to have that support where it's like, no, you can do anything you want, like as long as you're happy. So I think that's awesome. And you moved to the United States for school. Is that right? You came here for college. How was that? Like, what was the, like, was there culture shock? Were you always planning on coming to the United States? Like, Oh, yeah. I, I feel like I'm, I was born and raised in the U.S., so I'd love to hear from your perspective how it was coming to the United States. It was a big shock because I will, I remember in high school and middle school, there were so many like TV shows, like Vampire Diary and all that school, high school TV show. So you have that thought of how America should look like. Mm-hmm. And then when you came here, you're like, whoa, it's completely different. And you might seem weird to hear this as a, like actual people who grow up from America, but from Europe or Taiwan or my country, people actually do think what Hollywood put out is literally America. And then I'm here, I'm just like, wow, everyone's just a normal human being. <laughs> everyone is super normal, but very different because we're very collective in Asia and here it's more individualist right and there's a good and bad to it where I am a giver I was always raised as a giver and here you need to learn how to balance as a giver but also not being taken advantage of Mm -hmm. so definitely learn a lot throughout the years but also learn how to protect myself and stand up for my own good as well. I never even thought about that. I never thought about that like collectivism versus individualism because in the US we are very, very individualistic where it's like, you know, how can I make money? How can I afford this? How can I like have safety or how can I be healthy? It's very much about me versus in other countries, I guess I can totally see it being like the collective good. So yeah, there are pros and cons definitely to both sides, but I've never actually heard that like being the difference between the US and like other countries. So I think that's really interesting. Do you think that, so you're moving back to Taiwan, right? After, in a few months, after you, you've already graduated, right? 
So I have been planning on to live here for the longest possible before the whole COVID situation hit. And also my, my mom was sick a while ago, a, a year and a half ago. So those two incidents really changed my entire mindset and also changed the way people work as well. So it fit into my new, I guess, my new vision is that I can work from anywhere with the internet being the main source of my income. I can work in Taiwan. I can be with my family. I don't need to be physically be here to run a team as well. Yeah. Have you, um, have you started building a team? Well, actually, before we get into that, I'm going to backtrack because I feel like I know you, but let's like let the audience get to know you a little bit better. So before we talk about building your team, have, what are you working on right now? And what have been your past projects? So you said that you've created two, three separate businesses. So can you kind of go through all your different businesses that you've created and kind of what you're working on right now? Yeah, so I've created my first business, which is Roof. It's a pet supply shop. Like we sell bandana, collar, leashes. I'm a two, like amazing dog, dog mom. Like I love them to death. So I created that business through my passion of like loving dog and also loving fashions. Um, It was very small business. I started out as a dropshipper and then ended up hand sewing all my products. And then I was able to distribute it and actually mass produce it after that. Um, Ended up selling that business to one of my close friends. And last year of May, I got scouted as a co-founder to a dog tech company. And that's with the co-founder that I later on decided to leave because I was also on TikTok at that time. I jumped on TikTok toward the end of May and didn't expect it to do well. I mm-hmm. kind of went there to release my, my feelings and the way I think and creativity. And it took off. So I, from there, I saw an opportunity and I took it. And I started my third business, I guess, um, Small Business Tips, which is a community that helps entrepreneurs create and scale their own businesses. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. And when did you realize that you needed to take a step back from the pet tech company like when what was kind of that realization point where you're like this is not what's best for me or the company yeah so it was super hard um I love the co-founder she's an absolutely amazing person but at that time my TikTok was doing so well and my personal brand was growing and I can see that my passion shifting at that time um I love dog and I will continue to be in that space but what I love more is to see me, me able to transform people's life to actually from nothing, creating from nothing to creating something out of it. So my passion ultimately lies in entrepreneurships and I couldn't focus too much time on the dog tech company, which is the name is called Dog Spotted. Um, at this time, simultaneously, my co-founder and I are having some issue because we're so similar, mm-hmm. like literally to a T, way too similar. So we butt heads sometimes. Um, so I was like, okay, you know what? I decided to take it myself out. I think that the company needed that to move forward. So we stopped butting head as well. And I can focus on what I absolutely love, which is entrepreneurships. Yeah. That's, it must be such a hard decision though, you know, to make oh, that yeah. like, that's yeah. easy. I know you're saying it now, like, yeah, I decided to step back, but probably in the moment that was a really, really hard decision to make. It was. I was going back and forth for two months um, before I actually make that phone call with her. Um, But when you decide something, it's so funny because 
they know. They mm-hmm. know. You always think that the other person doesn't know. They always know. Yeah. The vibe that you give out, the the way you work are very different than what you used to do your job, basically. Right. And how would you say the best advice is like find co-founders? Like, what do you think? Because you have had, you know, you've realized that hmm, maybe this wasn't the best co-founder to start a business with. What is some of your advice on like the best way to find a team if you are looking for co-founders? Because I think a lot of times what what was kind of hard for me to understand was that it was like, you have to find a co-founder. So it's like, do I just go looking for one? Like, I'm like, isn't it supposed to be natural? Like you and your friend have an idea and then it sparks and then you both do something. Or like, how do you actively be like, hey, do you want to be my co-founder? Like, and to me, that always was the absolute hardest thing to like wrap my mind around was like finding a co-founder and like being organic and having them also be passionate about it as much as you are, you know? So what's kind of your advice on that? I mean, if you have a friend that absolutely just you guys match together and you start a business, that's the best way. Um, But just be careful, you know, that friendship sometimes does get, you know, with work, you want to make sure that you have the boundaries set down. But in order to find the co-founder, you have to know your skill set. Like, what are you good at and what are you bad at? Like myself and probably you as well. Well, actually, you're, you're probably good at programming because you, you're you're an engineer before. Um, so I do marketing. I know social media. I know how to manage a team operational-wide. But what I don't know, I, I hate talking about, you know, programming. I don't know any of the tech things. I don't like finance. Um, so these are the skills that I would specifically look for into a co-founder. So that's completely separate to than who I am. When you're looking for a co-founder, it's like looking for a, your partners in yeah. life. For the probably in the next five to ten years, if the company is going to scale well, so you want to make sure you do the right decisions and it's the right fit. And the way to do so is like you vet people through LinkedIn anywhere, meet people, Clubhouse, LinkedIn, um, Lunch Club. Literally, there's so many ways to meet people, um, but make sure that you talk to them before you actually bring them on as co-founder. I will even bring them onto the team for at least three to six months before making them a co-founder, if that's a possibility. Yeah, I think it's a good example of how you were saying how it's like finding a partner. It's essentially, I mean, you're spending years with this person. I'm like, you're spending probably more time with them than you might be even with your like romantic partner, you know, like you're spending all your time with this person at work. And like, you need to make sure that they are a good fit for you. And like you said, that they have strengths that you don't have, because unlike romantic partners, you don't want to be similar in a lot of things, you know, you want to have differences and like different strengths. So different skills. So actually I was an engineering major, but I actually don't know how to program. That wasn't really anything I focused on. So what I really learned was more of like the critical thinking aspect. And, you know, I I feel like I don't really use my major, but I'm more of like the marketing person, the big picture person. Um, I really like, you know, coming up with like a plan with how we're going to get there and stuff like that. But I need someone to help me with the the programming and even like the finance too, like things like that. Like, how are we going to scale efficiently? So I think that that was something that I was really, really looking for, for co-founders is someone that was technical and not someone that was similar to me. Because for example, in my agency, I have someone that I work with and me and her are really similar. We work the same way. We're very, very similar. And it works because we work together as like she started out as an intern and then she is now like um just kind of like on my team but we're not co-founders you know but we it's good because it's kind of like I have two of me so I'm like perfect this works but for a co-founder I need someone that 
has different strengths to me. So I think that was the biggest thing when I was looking for my app is finding someone that did have that technical background um, that I didn't have and that I didn't really want to have. So I didn't feel like learning it. So I think that's a huge, huge thing. And when you're starting a business, what are the first steps that you take personally? Like, what do you think if you were going to make a checklist of things that you need to do when you have the idea and you have your co-founders, what's kind of the checklist on how to actually start and like execute this business? And I know that's vague because literally could be any business, but you can kind of take a previous example that you've like done, like for the dog app or the one that you're working on right now. Like what, what kind of was the first step that you took? I put a name to it right Mm -hmm. away. I put a name to it because when you put a name to it, it's like your child now, like it actually feels there. You can ignore it anymore. It's not just an idea floating around your head. It's an actual thing. It's tangible, right? Um, and the second thing I'll start talking about, I'll start talking to people about it. Like I'll talk about it everywhere on social media, to my friends, my family, making sure that I'm actually making this in, in life, like making it out there. Because when you don't talk about it, you usually don't think it's real. Once you talk about, validate the idea, making sure that your product or your service is actually a solution to a product, uh, to a market problem. So that way people actually need your products or service. Right. And when you say that you start talking about it to everyone on social media and stuff, are you ever scared that like someone's going to steal your idea or that, you know, it's too early to talk about, like, why do you, I guess, put it out there and like, how early do you put it out there? I think that depends on everyone, right? I personally believe that you are the only person that can make that service or product special mm-hmm. that can, there can be tons of different ideas out there but there can only be one sandy or one natalie and you will always add something different to the app or the product um the reason why you say saying that take it up bring it out there soon as possible you're getting people excited and you're getting feedbacks right away you're getting people's ideas left and right do you need help offering services that you didn't even think that you potentially needed as well I didn't talk about my first business at all to my family and friends the first time. And that was the biggest mistake that I ever made because I came from scratch and I had no support from my families or friends because no one knew what I was doing. So I stopped doing that. To my second business and third business, I talked about it right away and I got so much support that overwhelming um, love. Yeah, I think that that's something that I need to start doing is at first I was a little secretive because I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to talk about it too early. You know, I just kind of want to do the work and then have it show up. But for startups, you do have to talk about it and you do have to build that hype. And especially with the platform I have, I should be talking about it more. So you've inspired me to talk about it more. You've kind of given me that nudge because I've been thinking about it for a while, but I'm like, now I know I need to like, do you build like social media platforms out for something that hasn't launched yet to like gain followers on it already? Yes. So we basically launched small business tips, social media three months before our actual website launches and our actual product hasn't even launched yet. It's one month out of the way. So we already launched our social media six months ago Mm -hmm. um, without actually having our core product at the time. Um, And actually we didn't know what it it was our core product. We started developing um, throughout the time when we started to get on social media and getting some feedback 
and bringing actual user and beta user from our social media community to our actual products so they can give us real-time feedbacks. Yeah, I love that. I think that's really smart and it's something I'm going to do. So thank you for the push. And what are you currently working on right now? What's the business that you're working on? I know we talked about this before the podcast, but I'd love if you wanted to share it, especially talking about sharing things. So... (laughs) Yeah. So, well, we're building an e-learning proto platform. And what the reason why is that we realize that so many people right now, especially Gen Z, wanted to start a business and doesn't know how to, no one to connect with, no community to talk to. So we started that e-learning platform and co-create with different creators, different founder, myself, including will be there, create a roadmap of how do you actually start a business and scale a business even after you start a business. And then from there, we also have a community aspect that people can really talk to each other, create events, create networking sessions so that your entrepreneurship journey isn't lonely because mine was. So I want to make sure that these people that are newer generation, I guess I'm newer generation, but the newer incoming entrepreneur didn't need to go through that stage Mm -hmm. of period. That's so smart. And did that come out when you started the small business tips TikTok? Like how did that... Where did you find the idea for that business? TikTok. The entire thing came from TikTok and Instagram. Um, We really see how crazy it is. The amount of messages that we got, how do I start a business? How lonely I am to start a business? Like, what if I fail? What if, so what if you fail? Like, at least you tried, you know, you didn't even know if you're going to fail, but then you already think that. So we realized how crazy it is for people or not even starting a business, but already being afraid of it because they don't know how to do it. They don't have people to talk to. So we, that's how the, the whole idea came about. That's so genius. And it, I think it, I resonate a lot with that, with the thinking that you're going to fail before even starting. Cause I hear a lot of people ask me the same thing. Like, well, I just, I, it just won't be successful or there's too many things like this, or, you know, it's just not good enough. And like, or people just have no clue where to start. And I also think the first step is one, yes, like obviously learning about it, but just start and like readjust as you go, you know, like your first product is not going to be your final product. Like your first iteration of a business, your first even business idea is probably not what it's going to end up being. Like you're going to change and you're going to pivot along the way. It's just like getting your foot out, like in the door and starting is way more important than like perfection. So I think that that's super helpful. And also kind of in today's age with remote learning and with, you know, not having those networking events and not having like class to go to in person and not meeting new people anymore in person, at least for the time being, that platform for e-learning is so important. And also, I mean, people from now on are going to be living everywhere. Like you said, you can live in Taiwan and you can live in the United States and like, you can still get your work done. So having that community online and virtually, I think is never going to go away. So it's really smart what you're doing. And I'm, I mean, I'm even excited for it to come about. And when did you start like posting on social media? Like what was your first TikTok, for example? Uh, my first TikTok, May 28th. I remember it because it was a few days after my birthday. Um, and I was, I had a small account. I had a personal account that I just post random things on there for fun. But then I started that account, separate account, small business tip. I have that account for three weeks, I believe. And then I didn't post on it because I forgot about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to post something. So I started out posting my entrepreneurship journey, how I started my first business at 19. And that kind of like 
gain tractions. And my second video is the five things that you need to do before you starting a business. I was like, wait, I thought this is like common sense. Mm-hmm. But then you realize what you think is common sense is actually not. And people actually don't know it. And that's how you can find your niche and how you can provide value to the people in the audience. Yeah. And I was actually just talking about this with someone else, but we were saying how a lot of times you think that your strengths are average, you know, it's like, oh, well, like everyone can do this, you know, or everyone has the skill set that I have, like, it's not special, but it actually is, you know, just because you have it and you think that other people have it as well, doesn't mean that they do, you know, we all have different strengths and skill sets and like, we just never really see them in ourselves. So I think it's like that same thing where it's like, you might think like, oh, everyone knows how to do this. And then you start getting questions on it and you're like, oh, I guess that everyone doesn't know how to do this. And it's something unique that you have and it's a strength that you have. So I think it's really great to hone in on your strengths and work on those because you can compare yourself to other people, but you know, you have your own individual skill sets that I think it's good to focus on and see what you can come from that. And that's how you kind of build a successful business is by focusing on what you have that other people might not have. And that's what sets you apart. So I think that's really smart. And are you raising money at all? Are you reaching out to investors? Are you like, what's your plan with that? I'm always curious with people who, how they're planning on scaling or growing. Um, I'm bootstrapping right now. I don't think I will be raising like a C round or a Serie A for this business at all. Um, as of right now, our operational models, I very well know that it, it, it shouldn't be invested in if mm-hmm. that's anything because we're building a community. Um, and when building a community, not a lot of investors like that. They'd like to see something that's very scalable to like, right. you know, and as a unicorn start, start, status. Um, but as me, I don't want that. That was not, never my intention to scale this into a billion dollar company or million dollar, $10 million company. Yeah, great if we can get there. Um, but my goal is to serve my audience. If I want to scale a business, I would create another business to do a completely different thing. It's good to know that you don't have to have that goal. You know, I think people think, oh, you're starting a company. You automatically want it to be bought out and be like acquired. That's not necessarily true. A lot of people don't want that. You know, a lot of people aren't focused on growing and scaling to like a huge mega corporation. They're just like fine with, you know, reaching their goal of serving their community, kind of like you're saying. So I think that that's really important also is like, just because your dream does not involve investors does not mean that it's not a valid or big dream. Like your dream can be huge and still not involve investors and still not involve an exit strategy or whatever, you know? So I think that's actually a really important thing to note because people can get scared. They're like, Oh, I want to start a business, but like, I don't want to have investors. So like, maybe I shouldn't start it. Cause we're so used to hearing, Oh, they raised this much money. They raised a hundred thousand dollars. They raised a million dollars. They raised, you know, their series a, and then their series B and then blah, blah, blah. All of these all of these like like business jargon that we hear and like you don't have to go through that like it's totally possible to create a company with you know on your own and bootstrap it and not have investors and have you completely run it on your own and like you don't need co-founders especially if you don't have investors then like it doesn't even matter if you have co-founders or not because they're not looking into that so I think it's good to put that in perspective yeah I think that it's this loop into like what defines success, right? Because a lot of people or a lot of people in general in our industry define success by how much money you raise, like how, how big is your company? Who is your investor? But who defined that? Like right. why couldn't your success be defined in as you reach your goals and how much community member, you, how much impact do you actually make in that, 
that particular audience space. Um, and everyone ultimately has a very different value as well for their own company. Mm-hmm. I love that. And when you first started your TikTok on May 28th, <laughs> did you know that it would be what it is today? Or like, did you hope that it would be? Did you expect it? No, not at all. I didn't know it will blow up. I didn't think I didn't have the intentions. I just created something because I wanted for the longest time to share my journey, but I couldn't work up the courage to do it on Instagram because my family and friends are there. And I was like, okay, well, TikTok, no one knows who I am. Like anyone, no one know who is Sandy. So I was, I was like, this is a blank page of piece of paper. I can just do whatever I want. Dance, I can sing, I can talk. No one will care. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, uh, like I, I worked up the courage to shift that into Instagram because I was like, you know what? F that. Yeah. Or like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's actually encouraging that blank slate you know it's like one of those things that you really can do whatever you want and tiktok is very much like you can go viral without having a following is that what happened to you did you have anything that blew up that kind of made you have a following or was it slow and steady along like the whole time so i blew up pretty fast for the first um four months so that's i I gained pretty steadily around that time like um with a lot of time I posted like two to three times per day. And at the time we were in lockdown. So I had tons of time to create something. Um, but now, you know, with running a business and creating, it's a lot of things. It feels like a full-time, you have two full-time jobs basically, right? Um, and you can definitely relate to that because you're also a content creator and also two founders. Um, mm-hmm. Get spread thin so it's a lot of time. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say that I blow up all of a sudden. Um, I definitely grew faster than I normally would if I didn't post that much. Yeah. 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 And before we go, what is the best advice that you would have for someone that wants to start a business right now, especially coming from small business tips? What's your best piece of advice? (laughs) My best piece of advice is to talk to people, talk to people who's already maybe in the industry or um, just people in general that are already have a business cold outreach to them doesn't matter if you have to do a hundred of them get on one or two call with people try to make them your mentors find someone that can help you along the way it's going to save you so much trouble save you so much just pain and like mistake that you can avoid in the along the way as well yeah i love that and do you have any resources for anyone like i know that you're creating an e-learning platform but any like books that have helped you or any of your favorite podcasts that helped you with this, or I guess on what are your favorite like virtual resources online? I have to say that I don't like to read books. <laughs> like, yeah. I, hey, I, you're <laughs> honest. That's good. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I do read, but like, I don't enjoy them. I right. like, I'm a very visual person and I like listening to things. So I listen to a podcast, I meditate. And also I watch a lot of videos. I am always learning new things. I attend webinar, seminar, workshop every single week, no matter how busy I am, I always attend web sh- workshop and seminar every single week, ensuring that I'm also learning at the same time I'm networking with people. What uh, webinars like how do you find these webinars is there like a website that you use or you're just like looking them up yeah so there's so many communities so i joined different communities such 
Boss Babe, um, iPhone Women's, uh, the Loop Network. Also, like I'm also in accelerated programs, so that also help as well. So to join different community, they create so many different events that you can, you know, go into and also network with other people. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sandy, for coming on. Where can they find you? You guys can find me on small business tips underscore on TikTok and Instagram. For my personal, you can find me on by Sandy Lynn. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that we actually did this. Me too. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. I would love to know how you guys liked the episode. Be sure to take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram story. If you guys are enjoying it, tag me, tag Sandy, and I will see you guys next week. Um, I think I'll see you on Wednesday with another episode of the Real Real Podcast. Hey, my name is Lovan Rumpf, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.